What's up? It's Rider Reviews. Uh, co-host Kyle's back from hiatus. <laughs> What's up? Hey, um, what are we talking about today, bro? Uh, I think we're going to talk about True Detective. Yeah. Uh, season one, one is going to be the uh, main focus here. So, um, as far as uh, TV series, I put this all time probably in my top five. Definitely top ten shows. And certainly the first season, at least. Um, and a lot of people hate on season two and three, but I actually, or at least season two, but I always like season two. Um, but yeah. Yeah. I, really I like the show. Honestly, for me, this is like up there in like my top five TV shows of all time, just because I feel like this show, this, this came out in um, 2014. Mm-hmm. And I had just like finished my freshman year of college. Before I end up just jumping out of college. Oh, yeah. That's like the perfect time to just like binge watch a yeah. television show like True Detective. Well, it's just like I feel like my like my, my maturity when it came to like television matured from like anime and like Adult Swim to like real dialogue. And I feel mm-hmm. like this was like the start of it. Like Game of Thrones was, was like heating up and I was like, yeah, I, I liked Game of Thrones. And I was like in the middle of like reading the books, but like. There's so many seasons of Game of Thrones, right? But True Detective season one is just a <laughs> singular series, and it ends. It would shape all of Rudy's philosophical <laughs> ideology from uh, that from, point on. It went from Adventist to agnostic <laughs> back to Adventist, real quick, dog. Yeah, but how it, did, it's uh, I do uh, I think it's a fully realized uh, you know vision that the the creator Nick. Pizzolato uh, yeah. put together, and yeah. I think uh, it's pretty exceptionally told. I think with like like this is also like Car- like J- Kara Joji Fukunaga's like big, like first big really like TV show at least because like yeah, had he done much? Uh, what else has he? Well, like he um he like was a producer for some stuff, but like he uh like Sinombre. He like he helped out with that. I'm trying to think. When did that come out? I know um, Beast, Beast of, of No Nation. Nation. He yep. was the producer for Beast of No Nation, which was like a really really badass film. And yeah, I mean he did uh, he did do some writing for it, didn't he? The movie it the first. Yeah, movie. he was a writer for it and um, so. um Maniac, which is like a really it's nothing like True Detective. It's, it has Jonah Hill on uh. Oh, I've and, uh, yeah, I've seen and that. Emma Watson, and um, it's like that film. It focuses a lot on grief and like mental health, and it's like it's not as gritty, but it's still just as good, and it's a lot more colorful than True Detective. And well, it's, and uh, I mean, I think uh, having directed some of these episodes of True Detective, that kind of helped. You know, he he's uh, able to sufficiently get that out of his characters like this patients that are people that have maybe like this mental health issue i mean true detective is full of people that are mentally unstable yes or just are inner turmoil that they are experiencing i think true detective just shows uh people definitely got some issues they need to resolve and they haven't resolved it yet oh yeah and sometimes it uh takes great lengths to uh, get that out of them. How would you describe this? Like, how would you describe True Detective Season 1? Well, you know, I've always... 
I saw a video that kind of um, paralleled True Detective and Seven together. And to me, it, I, you get kind of that similar feel as the movie Seven with uh, Morgan Freeman and Brad Pitt. And just the, the kind of the dichotomy of the uh, two central characters. And, uh, and they both seem to kind of almost take these completely different routes and these different ideologies that they have and how they are able to mesh with each other uh, while you know, kind of coming to some sort of uh, overall, I don't know, what would you say? Catharsis? Yeah, just like how they're kind of both changed in the end. Yeah, because... Their views are kind of... You can see a gradual change because like this show spans over like 20 years. Like it starts in the 90s. 95. Yeah, 95 and ends in like 2000. Like 12, I think. Yeah, it ends like... Like two years before, like 2014 to right. 2012. Yeah, so it was supposed to be like modern day. But. Yeah, and you see like a gradual change in like culture, mm-hmm. and it's like the way people like look at crimes, mm-hmm. and it like you, it makes you really think, because um this uh <clears throat> this whole entire case is loosely based off of an actual like a occurrence that happened. Hmm. Sorry, I typed really, really violently loud. Like, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is based off of like a... Because I know Vice did an article about it. And it just like... Was it in the same area? Yeah, no, it's a... It's really? based... It's... It's uh It's based off of... Uh, like, like an actual murder in Louisiana. Where like this pastor... Um, like was like having like... Like, it was, like, a church, like, a very wholesome community, but they were, mm-hmm. like, holding sex parties. Hmm. And I remember yeah. watching a True Detective, I mean, a, a Vice video about, if you don't know what Vice is, I, most people who listen to our podcast probably have heard about it. If, if you want, if you're, like, interested in it, it's called The Real True Detective, and it's essentially talks about, talks about the entire, like, the entire case of, uh, it's in Ponte Chula, like, Louisiana. And it briefly just talks about, like, how these things occurred and how, like, they had to, like, tear out the walls of, like, the, like, what, like, what I, like, what my church would call, like, the early teen area mm-hmm. and, like, the youth, where, like, kids from, like, 12, like, 17 would hang out at. Oh, yeah. Because they were literally holding rituals, like, in the middle of the video, like, and, like, a farmer was like, oh, yeah, they were, like, having sex with dogs. Yeah. Because I, I listened to a podcast called uh, Stuff They Don't Want You To Know, and they covered that episode. They covered that case and briefly brought up True Detective season one and how it essentially talked about how there's this church but it's also a front for literally like pedophilia. Sex. Yeah, that's as Watchmen would say, this, sex. This ah. show definitely does not uh, portray uh, Christianity in a positive light. As it should. <laughs> <laughs> so uh yeah, it's if you guys haven't seen it in uh oh by the way, spoilers uh, sorry, it's been out for years. You should have seen it. It's been life. out for literally. <laughs> um, it's just kind of about the two detectives that the first murder is to a woman, Dora Lang. Yeah. And it's kind of leading them into this whole uh, mystery of uh, this killer who has been linked to several other murders and disappearances over the years. 
and how you know you have a pastor that's involved but he is not the killer but he is related to the killer's father it was his illegitimate half-brother whatever and anyways it just it it's a journey of i guess philosophical you know questioning of you know one's own perspective and you know life after death and uh just religion in general and so it's interesting uh to see that how it unfolds when you when you first watched this did it like when you like i I can say the true detective forever changed my view on a lot of things yeah i mean it was probably around a time where i felt like I was already starting to question some of the views I had and uh, or what I'd kind of grown up on, but um, I definitely think it uh, could reinforce some of those ideas. Yeah, I um, I felt like when I, I my freshman year of college, yeah, this came out like the summer of my freshman year of college, so, like I felt like a lot of things changed, and, like my point of view on a lot of things because like yeah. everything I was like exposed to from living out of my car to uh, living in like a dorm room mm-hmm. moving back in with my parents and joining the army and stuff like that but like not like not like True Detective like solidified like so many things in my life like and about human nature yeah and about like what I wanted to do as a career <laughs> path in general right yeah I think um, it's like with him I was like really captivated by like Rusty Cole's demeanor because he literally yeah. walks up to a crime scene and like Marty just got assigned to him and like this cop's talking to Marty and he's like, oh yeah, he just got, he's from Texas. Yeah, he's like this, this mysterious uh, <laughs> enigma, like uh, he carries heart, heart, like just doesn't really like him at first. Or, I mean, he just kind of puts up with him. Yeah. Um, Which I'm like, man, is this how people are like with me in real life? And then we're kind of slowly like learning more about Cole's past throughout the show yeah. and how he he's a very kind of pessimistic has this very kind of pessimistic philosophy um quotes Nietzsche and uh, <laughs> you know uh questions the idea of Christianity and religion altogether, um and how it takes uh, advantage of frail people any questions like the IQ of like the church? Yeah, you know, that I one think, time. Yeah, you know, I want to quote. Like, it. What do you think the average IQ of these people here would be? I think to quote what you're saying, like there's an exact quote, and he's like, yeah. "You know what? If one man's purpose of being good in life yeah. oh, is, I, I like is for yeah. like like for like a better afterlife, then that my friend is a piece of shit, and yeah. I like to expose every single one of them." Yeah. And Marty's is like, no, no, this is old time religion. You yeah. Know? And he's like, and, and Rusty's having no, no yeah. time of it. Okay. So you're kind of, yeah, you're seeing like how Marty's like kind of the more traditional. I think Marty like may kind of believe it. Marty doesn't want to like ruffle the feathers. Okay. Marty's right. just to the, like, he's just trying to be respectful and Rust has like had enough of this. Right. But oh yeah, Rusty Cole is played by Matthew McConaughey and Woody Harrelson is Matthew Marty. McConaughey was really good in this role. Dude, this was like, dude, this, this like, is different from a lot of roles I felt like he did. I thought Woody Harrelson was good, but um, it it was kind of he seemed like he kind of plays the same character in other movies. I didn't feel like I had seen Russ or Matthew McConaughey. I think his last his big role before this was a uh, probably what around the time of Lincoln Lawyer and Lincoln Lawyer, uh, Dallas Buyers Club. Dallas Buyers Club was did Wolf of Wall Street Mud. 
Mud. Oh yeah, mud. Mm-hmm. Days of confused. Buick commercials. <laughs> <laughs> the Buick commercials were the best roles. I think his did. best role, honestly, was the Buick commercial. That or how to lose a guy in ten days. Don't say that. It's the band, dog. Oh man, but uh, yeah. So I think um, you know, upon my first watch of this, I you know, you kind of watch a movie or a show differently the first time than you would maybe the second or third time. Like the first time I watched it, I mean, it's more for the, you know, that base storyline and you're just kind of following the storyline because you want to see what actually happens and you're following the actions of the characters more. Whereas more of the second and, you know, third times, maybe you focus more on like, what is kind of the overall message that I'm getting out of this? And I think this is, I watched it through my second time here just recently. And uh, yeah, I think it, I, that's kind of been more of my focus was the, the message of it and the ideas behind it and how uh, they manifest themselves throughout the show. I think the show completely shows like human nature is like full. It's like, yeah. I feel like some shows like looks have a super happy ending and all these loose ends are tied up. No, not True Detective. Like there's literally no It's not, all, but it's also not a bad ending. It's not a bad ending. But it's not a happy ending. It was never happy really to the end. Uh, the show's not ha- the show's not supposed to make you happy. No. I feel like it's a dark show, very much. No, it's literally about a child pedophilia ring in. Yeah. Like the two other seasons kind of the two other series, like additions to True Detective are kind of similar, but I feel like the True Detective season two always take the cake of like the best true like it might be like my favorite true detective. Season three to me was the most relatable, minus the Alzheimer's. Right. But maybe someday it will. Shit, when you man, can't remember anything. You're saying that about my dad, man. <laughs> about to throw this table. Never know, man. Never know. I'm just saying. God's plan. That's all I'm gonna say. One life. <laughs> <laughs> no, I. Um, well, I love the movie Seven, and like I said, I thought I felt like the characters kind of are similar, and so this show kind of like I just liked it from the start. It, was not even a, which I'm kind of mad because I didn't start it till like two or three years after it had come out. Are you serious? Yeah, like everyone had told me, I like I'd heard about True Detective, had never watched it, didn't really know much about it. Had you watched it before, like we worked together? Yeah. Oh, okay, so that yeah, it was like I don't know, 2016 probably around that time. But uh, so yeah, it's I think that's always those are the types of shows I always liked though. Like, I don't like everything to be so cookie cutter. And, you know, it's like always this kind of like fake or like facade of uh, everything being happy. Like, you just put it, put a nice bow over like it. Like, don't say anything over too a turd and say, yeah. Don't say anything too controversial. You know, but you can be a little bit edgy. Yeah. No, Marty literally says religion is a scam. Yeah. Like, a show hasn't captivated me this much since, like, I don't know, Mr. Robot, The Leftovers. What's fascinating about it, too, is, like, I feel like the way he describes, like, his points of view, it's kind of easy for me to follow. Like, it's yeah. uh, it's not something that's, like, like over-the-top, like, uh, some crazy stuff. Like, it's... It's, like, it's... It's, 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 a, it's, like it's relatable in a way. Yeah, and it's just, like, but yeah, you, he's to the point. But when you quote it, you sound super smart. I quote this show so much in like my everyday life and people that don't know me like 
uh, call girl. Like, I quote this to her all the time, and she probably wants to choke me. Why? Dude, because I'm obnoxious about your detective. <laughs> I think it's great, though. It's but I guess I understand that uh, it's a little much. It's a little much. Like, eight hours just talking about True Detective, <laughs> even though it's just so great. And I feel like compared to other seasons... She just doesn't get us. <laughs> no one gets us. <laughs> my, not in my... <laughs> and, um, you know, like, I showed, I, ta- I showed my dad True Detective, and, you know, my dad, like, this is, this is like, relatable to him, like, from his previous career before. Mm-hmm. He um, chose his career now, and, like, you know, law enforcement to him, like... He like related to this in some ways, but not in every way because he didn't have to crack open shot pedophilia case. <laughs> yeah, Guatemala they were more focused on uh, narcotics in a yeah. blatant civil war, and nowadays I remember like talking to him. I was like, "Did you ever have a relationship like this with one of your partners? Like when you're on the force?" He's like, "Oh yeah, of course." Because you can definitely tell there's tension. They get pissed off at each other. Like, oh yeah, when we work together, oh. I I got I still get angry at you. <laughs> but it's always even, like a, you know like a pleasant angry. Oh, it's never gonna be like a it's usually like a hostile like yeah, and, um, like th- throwing hands you know yeah. Well, like I remember um, Papa Bo Papa Bro brought up like these guys have probably worked with together for years and months on end like and like they finally fought it out because there, yeah. there's a fight and. Like, oh, yeah, by the way, we're not going to do this in chronological order because, like, the, this yeah. show is so Raleigh. Tr- Marty and Rusty, like, come to an, like, come to blows over, like, the mishandling of the case. And also, Rusty. Well, also, Rusty uh, having fucks. sex with his, uh, <laughs> with Cole's wife. Marty's wife. Well, I mean, Marty's wife. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, he has sex with Marty's wife. Can, I, can you explain yeah. to me how, how, why that happened, by the way? Like, I was always, that's always one thing that threw me off. I'm like, what do you mean? Like, so, well, that's like when, uh, she found out that, uh, Marty was cheating on her. Yeah. And so, you know, the first time she had left the house with the kids when she found out, but the second time around, she shows up at Cole's place and she wants to get back on her at this point and she just fucks him. Nothing's more dangerous than a women's scorn. (laughs) 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 But, uh, so... I mean, uh, Marty in that situation, I mean, he was probably a little vulnerable, you know? Uh, I mean, he, he's been alone a lot of his life. So probably misses that. Even though he uh, always would make the statements like that if we need somebody, you know, to someone else to give us reason for, you know, being here, that it's, he considers it weak, you know? Oh, by the way, Alex Dario played the woman that Marty cheats on his wife with. What else? Who, who's that? I don't know. That. Xander Dario. I don't know. Apparently, she's like some famous model. But she was also involved in like the case prior, right? In 95 or whatever? Like they're... No, she wasn't. She was younger. The yeah. one that uh, Colt, that Marty sleeps with? Mar- yeah, well, I think Marty sleeps with several women. Like, because they go to a strip joint. And they pretty much like pretty much talked a lot lizards and strippers and they're like, hey, yeah, um, respect sex workers, but but yeah, I think that's the way they refer to him in True Detective. And I just think like he like they 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 take dirty ways to figure out more things about the case. And I think this shows to light like you know law enforcement isn't all black and white. And I think that goes like for everything in human nature. Mm-hmm. Like the things they do, like there's an ends to a mean mm-hmm. or means, means to an end. end. 
And I just think like you, you really see human nature because like I, I remember I said this in the last podcast. See the worst in human nature a lot. Yeah. It's a heavy imbalance there. I think like that they're seeing, you know, detectives especially. Yeah, like I know like in the gentleman also starts Matthew McConaughey like he talk like they talk, like they bring up like why don't you want to sell heroin? He's like that's too destructive, and he's like but mm-hmm. you're a drug dealer, and but he's like he's a. But he also doesn't steal from his own supply. Yeah. And I think you see, you see a true detective is like you see these the, like how far people are willing to go right to achieve their goals. Like for example, like there's this high-ranking sheriff's deputy that virtually helps cover up this child pedophilia ring. Yep. Because he got voted in to take a position at a better law enforcement agency because the deputy, I mean the not the deputy, the sheriff put him in that place. You know, right. are you gonna like screw over your position to have a better job and a better life? Yeah. For a case. For your own family. Yeah. I mean, because... So, it's... Yeah, it's definitely... It's very gray at the end of the day because it's like... Your biggest concern in life, if you have a family, would probably be your family, right? Yeah. And you're thinking, how can you provide, like, a good lifestyle for them? May have... Like, some people have to... uh this determine that. Or do they want to get involved in dirty business or what? But... If like, you, it's it's a quick solution if and and it's wild too because like when you think deep down like because each each season of True Detective had involves a cover up of some sort yeah True Detective it brought up the LA riots and how that was connected to a string of like robberies and murders mm-hmm. and how it connected all these police officers and private businessmen True Detective season three is about a child going missing and. Uh, a wealthy man like pretty much buying a child and that child being drugged and held hostage yeah but also I think each each season of True Detective involves like the family toll on really demanding jobs of this nature Rust like Marty gets divorced yeah his daughters become promiscuous at a very young age because yeah. he catches his daughter like with two uh, older guys two 18 year olds and she's like she was underage, yeah. and Marty literally just beats the shit out. Yeah, he does. He like punches him. <laughs> he's like, it's either this or statutory. Yeah, uh, he's either this or statutory rape. <laughs> so I was like, damn, that is brutal, bro. Yeah. And I was like, I was like, man, that's why I played Minecraft in high school and had to deal with getting beat up with people's dads, you know. Definitely. And I, do you do you think uh, like season three? I I think with for me like. I season one's still the best one to me. Season three, I like too, but I feel like to some extent, it almost is like copying a little bit because it's kind of got that nonlinear structure, just like season one has, where they are talking to these people, and then it jumps to the past. Yeah, and the case. The season season two, people criticize season two like it was the worst thing. Like it's. I don't think I I think season two does not get enough. No, Credit. it doesn't. Season two. Well, I remember people have compared like oh, season like people were like season two is too big, yeah. as in like the city of L.A. is gigantic. That's I mean that's uh, probably the biggest complaint for me is this that it is there's several characters and you kind of have to be able to follow along with it because it's easy to get lost. Um, otherwise, with just all the different pieces that are part of that puzzle, but um, I still think it's a solid show. And uh, season two just like it it it, it covered up and showed things that 
I think are the most... Uh, honestly, pedophile rings are very much plausible because Jeffrey Epstein. Oh, yeah. Like, like I mean, that was before that happened, though. Mm-hmm. Before True Detective Season 2, when I was watching, I'm like, that's that's the most believable thing I could see happening, you know? You get what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah, I think it's the most realistic. At that point in our lives. Nowadays, <laughs> anything is literally possible. Yeah. It's less. It's not as dark as season one or three. I wouldn't say either. So also, season two had some of the best action scenes. Yeah, like they had a lot. Oh, there's of a crazy shootout. Yeah, there's, there's several some, shootouts yeah. actually. Yeah, like in season two, there's like, I think maybe just one. Yeah, I guess there's one major one. For one sure, big one, but I'd have to go back and rewatch those again. Yeah, because like season, <coughs> the thing I like about season one is like when it goes deep down, like how these characters like break down like their family lives. Like Rusty Cole is a pessimist. Yeah, and it and you think you figure probably a lot of that comes about from, you know, he kind of tells a little bit about his past and how yeah. his daughter, um, he was married and had a kid, and his daughter died or was in a coma, right? Yeah, she like, from she, uh, she had a cancer. crash. It was either a car crash or can't. I swear, I think it was a car crash. She died at a very young age. Just leave it at that. And uh, so, and then the marriage kind of fell apart after that, which is easy to see. Like, that's the other thing, man. Like, a marriage, just how fragile that can be uh, when something just so traumatic like that would happen. It's like, how could a lot of marriages really survive something like that? Yeah, you you don't. Like, you see it, like, in, um, like, I know Stranger Things, like, Hopper loses his daughter to cancer. And then his wife leaves him in like other TV shows. That's just the one mm-hmm. that predominantly pops in my head. And also, Rusty Cole had a very odd life. Like Rusty's dad yeah. took him to Alaska, made him live He's in the a bush, survivalist yeah. type and father. He joined the army, went CID, which if no one knows, that's the criminal investigation division of the army. Mm-hmm. Did that? He was he was um, undercover with yeah. a biker gang, right? Yeah, in Texas, which will uh, come up later, like about midway through the uh, season. One of the best. Sh- Dude, the act, the action sequence at the end of the the the, the what the, four the, or five I think it was and uh, the six, yeah with robbing the it, house isn't like fifteen minutes of just pure oh it's just insanity and yeah. how like cool and calm like Cole is behind like, yeah like, through all that for like how and how chaotic Cole's life is he's pretty calm for how he handles things you know well yeah you and that's another thing you kind of see like the way they are act like how they respond like when uh, they see that video. Like of the girl getting raped, you kind of see oh, yeah. the different emotions. Like Cole has seen it, but he's he remains objective, whereas you see Hart, and he becomes yeah like, almost ill, like violently ill and just angry and yeah because and which you see him shoot that guy later on after he sees uh, oh because like the start of the whole series is like they uh, they show up to a call and they find this one dude covered in tattoos like. A few swastikas and six sixes, six sixes, and they mm-hmm. like there's a meth lab, but uh, they find a, they find kids locked up. One of the kids is dead. The other right. kids is severely abused, and um, and this is the guy they think is the like the, the yellow originally king. that's who they're thinking is the yellow king, the guy that's responsible for the murder from the uh, first episode. Yeah, and he, like he's like life is a flat circle, and then Rusty's like shut the fuck up, Nietzsche. And I was like, dang. I need to read Nietzsche more, bro. I was yeah. like, there goes my religion minor out the window. And like that, but that guy was kind of like uh, who the uh, real killer was, um, Errol. 
like at the end like they're yeah. they're both like evil people but they're also extremely intelligent yeah because like Errol they, they're both well versed in what they're doing and the other guy because like, like in that scene like the guy's handcuffed and he gets shot like yeah. Marty just kills him yeah because he just loses it and, and he finds the boy and the other guy is blows up somehow and so they literally um, grab a um, and I think an AK-47 just shoot at random parts of the building so they can make it look like there was a shootout yeah they were definitely um Probably a little bit dirty. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm sure. Because like, because like, you see, he goes back and forth, like Marty answering questions to, <coughs> I think it was like the DEA. There's there's yeah. a, there's an investigation going on about that case. Right. And Marty's just going back and forth with explaining. No, oh, they're like so. The one thing in this story, though. Are they retelling that to the detectives? Yeah, because you see the other two detectives, like in present day. Yeah, so they're admitting to that. Yeah, but no, Rusty. They didn't admit to that. They he told one side of the story, but what we saw was what actually happened. That's right. So yeah, you you get like a snippet of them telling, like lying about what happened. Yeah, and then what's actually happening. Yeah. So. And so I just thought that was unique is like the way like people get away with things like in season two, Detective Velcoro literally, literally right, beats the living hell out of a kid's dad for bullying his son, Marty. <laughs> oh, dude, Marty it's like, beats. I will fuck your, you, if you touch my son again, I will fuck your, <laughs> your father's headless corpse with your, 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 wow, your, his mom. With your mom's, He's going to fuck his mom with his, his yeah. father's headless corpse yeah. or something. Something just crazy. <laughs> like, like, these, these are fathers guys, just trying to take care of their sons, man. Like, Marty beats yeah. up those guys for having sex with his underage daughter. You see that, yeah, they're like and, definitely and got issues, but. They mean like, well, I guess. It's in season in a in weird season way. three, Marshall Ali's character literally is like screaming in a Walmart because his daughter wanders off for a little bit. And he's like, fucking lock this place down. I'm a cop. Oh yeah, he did. And That's I like, some PTSD right there too. Well, because like all the like all the main characters in this TV shows have underlying issues. Like for like Rusty M- Marty struggling with the divorce and the collapse of yeah. his family. Rusty's stirring the fact his daughter died. Velcro struggling with the fact that his wife was raped and and the the, the father of his kid yeah. might be the rapist. And Marshall Ali's character is struggling with the fact that he was in one of the most like assertive and aggressive groups in Vietnam, and also over like the blatant racism he felt when he came back and to become a detective and the things mm-hmm. that happened in these administrations. These are all people that have like eternal demons. But like they, they cope with it and they just go on without the day as a job. And I feel like more stories need to tell that. Like I feel like stories ignore like issues that these guys have. But like this showed it to the full front, you know. Yeah. Like in season two, like um, Taylor Keish's character, who was a he's a uh, closet closet gay man. Yeah, he's closet homosexual, but he's also a war veteran. But yeah. that's the one thing I really would have wished they would have showed one snippet of what happened. Because they always, in season two, they always make reference to this thing called Steel Mountain. We never know what happened with Steel Mountain. Yeah. In season one and season three, things that happened were explained. Like, See, yeah, season two leaves out a couple things. Like with the, you, you're told that, but you're not shown that. Yeah, that's what bothered me. So maybe we're not getting, so it's not sticking in our brains maybe quite as effectively. Maybe, or maybe I'm just dumb. Maybe just, but. Maybe I'm just the big dumb that just can't fully understand it yet. Yeah. Well, I think, yeah, this definitely always 
that's kind of the central theme in every season is like this idea of a extreme pessimistic you know philosophy uh, from dealing with traumatic events and uh, being able to come away with uh, still some kind of like hope or some type of like life event that could still transform a person yeah even the most stubborn ones oh yeah like myself and you definitely <laughs> and you see a growth in rusty's character like mm -hmm. rusty always made this quote about the darkness like he said my daughter went from one darkness into a much deeper one because he's so he's yeah so he's basically saying that there was no light at the end of the tunnel there yeah because he talks about like there's a car scene where he's like su like he in um He's explaining how society works, mm -hmm. and he's like, "We're just in one. This we're just one big. This is one big gutter in outer space." And he's like, "Suicide would go against my program, and even though it seems like the most logical to you, mm -hmm. but it's not to me because it's like he's pro. He he accepts that he's programmed, but he's trying to go against his programming." Well, and I think even like you see at the end too, season one, it maybe there's like this little paradox with the you know his self discovery, like how. He sees a little bit of that light, and in that uh, whatever that little cave or whatever. Carcosa. Yeah, and uh, so maybe it's kind of him. I don't even know where I was gonna go with that. <laughs> he was gonna, but basically he's seeing he's seen a whole light. new. Yeah, he's seen it, he, and he's, so he's even challenged. Even his own ideas are challenged. Because like, there's a scene at the very end of season one where he like Rusty Cole's looking up, and you see like a galaxy. Yeah, and I remember people reading about when this first show first came out. People thought this was going to be like almost supernatural with what's occurring. Mm -hmm. Essentially, this would have been a better written version of The Outsiders, is what people were, <laughs> yeah. were thinking. But it was actually something opposite. Just he has synthesia, so he smells. He colors. smells colors. Yeah, the yellow king. Could he smell the yellow? I don't know, man. But he said he felt love too at the end of that. Like, yeah. So I think it's almost an acknowledgement. Of his own character, that while religion uh, is heavily criticized in this, how it talks about how these people are escaping reality to uh, find some sort of life or some joy after life and uh, some purpose, I guess, and how even his character, Rusty, needs that sort of type of, uh, I guess life fulfillment yeah because like and when you hear him talk about the darkness it's like you know there's a lot of darkness out there swallowing the light and rusty's like to marty like i think think wrong yeah we're all completely full of dark i think the light's winning yeah and i think he's starting to see that there's hope at the end of the tunnel you know yeah and you see a brief reference to season two i mean season one and season three with um the tv interview that marshall these characters being, being given you see like a news article flashed in the background about what's going on. Mm -hmm. So maybe in the bigger scheme of things in True Detective, like they do crack the case. It's just that in reality, it's probably going to get covered up. Right. Like and we that, we and literally watched that happen. Yeah, that's what a lot of it's about is just like covering up like uh, a lot of things that uh, are just swept under the rug. And that how people kind of always carry this facade about them too. Yeah, it's like 
you're gonna. It's like Marshall Lee's character said in season three. That motherfucker, the motherfucker made me carry his water. <laughs> it's like these so these decisions that you make, you're gonna carry with you the rest of your life. Right. So you got to be ready to make a, a decision rapidly, but also very like, effectively that it's not gonna create like attention in your life. And I feel like with Rusty and Marty, they always just did stuff that would just make their lives even worse. Right. Would you agree? Instead of like letting go, and yeah, I think. Uh... It's kind of talk, yeah, that's what it talks about. It's like ex- the acceptance of uh, death and the acceptance of uh, letting go of past events. Yeah, because I feel like that's like what a lot of these characters struggle with is like let go of things, you know? Yeah. Would you agree? Mm hmm. Because like when you see, like Marshall Ali's character struggle, like in, in the end of season three. Spoiler alert! Like he, there's a scene where you see him looking outside his house, and there's a bunch of like bond, like people around him. Right. There's all the people that he killed. Yeah, that was a pretty cool scene. That scene, yes. And we don't really get a scene like that in the other shows. We just like know that Rusty, because uh, Rusty has most likely done a lot of bad shit. Like the, like one of my yeah. favorite episodes of True Detective. It's the episode where, um, it's like the fourth or fifth episode, and it's a one shot take. And so oh, Rusty, Rusty back in the day was embedded deep with this biker gang. So this biker gang, in order to get some information and money, rob, pretty much go to this trap house and rob it. And it's like a one-shot sequence, and the entire thing goes wrong. Oh, yeah. They're, well, because he tells them not to shoot. Don't shoot anybody. And then, yeah, bam, they just lose, shoots the guy. They lose so he has their, to take, uh, it's Ginger, right? He has yeah. to take uh, Ginger hostage. And, yeah. And to, to get information from, to him, yeah. right, about, yeah. like, what was going on. Mm-hmm. And so, like, when that occurred, he essentially just, like I said... How he got out of there without getting... I mean, killed. obviously, it's a show, but... Yeah, it's be, like, just, he's so that. cool. Oh, yeah, that's, yeah, like... Intensity. How would you feel, like, the, the way True Tech is filmed is, like, much better quality than 90% of old cop shows? Oh, yeah. Even, for, yeah, season one... Even season, than Brooklyn Nine-Nine. I guess that's by a small margin. Do you like Brooklyn Nine Nine? I haven't watched it a lot. I Actually, mean, you it's like it. I, it's kind of funny from what I've seen, but I don't have enough of an opinion. Sounds good. Paw Patrol, bro. Yeah, Paw Patrol is the best. Dude, man. Paw top, hype. top notch. Top notch theater right there. <laughs> and just like it's theatrical, all right. Yeah, and it, I just feel like at the end of the end of the day, when it comes to True Detective, it's. I feel like what HBO released True Detective at a time when like Game of Thrones was starting to like become the show. Yeah, so maybe it kind of was in Game of Thrones shadow, but honestly, True Detective is better to me. Honestly, and, yeah, True Detective ended on a perfect note. Game of Thrones mm-hmm. did not. Yeah, everyone hated the last season of Game of Thrones. I don't think Game of Thrones. It's not as. Uh, also, I don't think it has the amount of depth that that uh, True Detective has. It's also two different genres. Like one's fantasy, the other's heavily deep dipped in reality. Yeah, I I'm just not the biggest Game of Thrones fan anyway. Hate on me all you want. I was a huge Game of Thrones fan. Now like now I'm like I felt like I went through a bad breakup at the end of that season, bro. <laughs> season eight like offended the hell out of me. And then the thing is, season three of True Detective came out the last year that season. Uh, Eight of uh, Lord of the uh, Game of Thrones to come out. Oh yeah, I I kind of like 
Do you think uh, it's good, like what they do in True Detective? I feel like it's a really cool concept, an idea, and it's really the only one I've ever heard of that does it, like where you do one season of one story, and then it's a totally different concept, and, well, I guess not a different concept, but different characters, different place, different time for the next season. Mythology. Yeah, it's just, yeah, it's always different. I just feel like you don't see shows do that that much. And I think that maybe turned a lot of people off to season two is just how yeah. much different it was. I feel like people expected season, season two to be too much like season three. I honestly really enjoy season three. Co-host Matt, by the unlike, unlike most, hate it. Why did he hate it? He couldn't. He didn't. I think he said he didn't like Vince Vaughn. No, it's season two. I mean, he liked season three. He didn't like season two. Why didn't he like Vince Vaughn? I don't know. Is it because he's conservative? No. <laughs> I don't know. He's co-host Matt is co-host Matt. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Matt, we love you. That's my brother. Shout out to Matt. Shout out to Matt. Shout out to the cat. Matt the cat. The and and Mitt. <laughs> so, uh, I Have mean, you, as far as the True Detective goes, is season one your favorite as well? Season one is my favorite, but season three is like the most relatable to me. Yeah, I think season three has a special place in your heart. Yeah, but because um, like that's I mean, what gets just, me the the last shots of each film, like each season that we see of each character, like are always so powerful. I mean, like the last shot of season two with you see, the like, characters. Yeah, with your uh, father, your dad's own life. Well, like season three, well, the end of season three, it's spoiler alert. Um, it's Marshall Lee marching to the jungles. You know, my dad being a, a veteran. You know, I was like, damn, I wonder if that's what my dad's life was like, you know? Mm-hmm. And then season two, I mean, season one ends with just um, the Rusty looking up and he's saying, you know, in a world that's filled with dark, I believe the light's winning. Yeah. And Marty just like, they're just do buzz. So man. his idea was completely, yeah, his whole like ideology had completely changed right yeah. there. Right then and there. And like, I just believe that that shows character development. That shows you can always learn. Yeah. No matter what age you're at, yeah. and especially in a career field that like that, you have to be able to learn because you know like. Well, and I think it's good too, especially for a show like this where it's so dark. It's kind of like you're setting it dark. We need to find some sort yeah. of hope or some light like, at the end of the tunnel. Have you ever like watched a TV show that just is like we just there was no hope for anyone in it? Yeah, people would hate that. I mean, I don't know. Anything like um, that? I'm not off the top of my head, but. Uh, I mean, maybe, I mean, uh, I don't know for sure. I really can't. Chinatown? Uh, I mean, Chinatown, Chinatown oh, Chinatown's yeah. a great movie, but they, like, they get shot at the end. Chinatown, this TV show called Bastard Executioner. Well, it's just got. There's, like, no cathartic, there's no, like, happiness to it. Like, nothing, nothing good was going to happen at the end of it. Like, there's a ton of animes that are like that, but, like, eh, yeah. not a lot of you watch anime. You don't watch it. Yeah, for the better. but I think it, it's kind of uh, keeping a, a balance there where if you didn't have that, people might not lean to it. Dude, as it'd just be so depressing, bro. Yeah, it's, it's like, like, man, I watched this whole depressing show for nothing. Yeah, HBO had girls already. Like, the TV show Girls by Lena Dunham. That was depressing yeah. enough. Well, I just think even the, the whole idea of that is... Is all of us we we want to see that light at the end of the tunnel? We all, all of us, we whether, whether we like it or not, we need we, hope, bro. We want to have some kind of hope. 
even if we don't have it. Yeah, no, it's just like, and I feel like in each season of True Detective, there is like a sense of hope or a sense of balance. Right. Like maybe not necessarily. Do you feel like each season had like there were people weren't trying to like do it? Like people were just sitting in balance to society, and that's what mm-hmm. law enforcement, uh, technically law enforcement is like. Yeah. I'm not gonna get political about police battalion like that because this is a, that that's just not where I'm at right now in my life. I can't be arguing about that on my podcast. The intention of like the end of the day is to keep people in, in check. check, keep and them in line, keep them keep balanced. Them, yeah, because when it goes over that, then it, it just creates chaos, chaos and anarchy. I mean, we, I guess anarchy, we see right? that in season uh, in season one when Marty and Rust are investigating that church, mm-hmm. and I think for I think me and you especially since we loosely grew up heavily involved in our churches or just at least attended it. Yeah. It's definitely relatable. It's extremely relatable. Just like the the things he brings up about like 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 propensity for like these certain lifestyles. I'm like mm-hmm. I go. I remember going to church one day after watching that episode of True Detective when he talks about the only like people are only doing things for divine retribution are uh-huh. truly evil. And then Marty's like, well, without religion, it'd be complete. It'd be be complete utter debauchery. Mm-hmm. And just like watching their dialogue, and I remember looking up at my pew and looking at my mom, and be like, <laughs> "Yeah, <laughs> it's like, it's like, yeah, we gotta, uh, we get, we gotta go, we but, gotta go, mom." But and then still, I became like, a deacon. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what I do, I became even more involved. I know, that's crazy. I well, I mean, that's that's you wanting that light at the end of the tunnel. Still, I you mean, think, you think that's it? you still want it. I think even even if we we're not certain of it and we question it, I think we still I mean hope for it. I think deep down we're still hopeful for it. like we want to have like a like we a, want some type of retribution or something. Yeah, and I just feel like Rusty throughout like his many years of pessimism and pretty much worshiping Nietzsche esque ideologies, I think he realizes like what he wants to be with himself in his life, mm-hmm. and I think closing this case was like one of the big things in his life because yeah. we have to like think about a rusty he was an undercover cop in texas undercover right narco cop in texas he probably solved many cases oh yeah i mean you could tell he's very good at his job but like this is one case that he could never solve and i really wonder how many like law enforcement officers yeah go through that one case they cannot solve yeah and how and like how it would haunt them yeah because i i do think to some extent they maybe they can, you can't help but to take some of that home with you like and take it to like Dude, almost think, a personal level even with like our jobs honestly sometimes too yeah. we, honestly we don't really cry cases <laughs> or anything, but like there's yeah. definitely some portions of our job like that I honestly will stick with me the things that I've learned on the job when dealing with mental health yeah. patients will stick with me for the rest of my life mm-hmm. and wouldn't you agree also sure that's that's why I think it's, it's a special uh, type of career field where you, you almost need someone that, even in that, they can remain objective. You gotta be like, objective. Without, you gotta without your, like, I don't know. It's just, you gotta keep your cool, bro. Just at least in that, you know. Like, otherwise, you end up shooting <laughs> the guy in handcuffs. <laughs> yeah, 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 like, yeah the crime is bad, man, but you gotta, let, you gotta have due process. You well, and you kind of see that too with Russ, uh, Rusty's uh, character when he, um, like, it, it's like 2002 or whatever, and he's um, helping out as a, and what is he, what do they call him, like your advise, advisors or whatever, and he's talking to this dude uh, about another case, and he brings up the Yellow King, 
Oh yeah. So he's already this dude's are basically already confessed to a murder, and in, Cole kind of tricked him into it while interviewing him, and yeah. then this guy starts mentioning the Yellow King, saying he I want to and I want a deal and I know what happened, and you see Cole kind of lose his cool there. Yeah. Because it still gets at him that he hasn't been able to solve that. And that guy dies in his cell. Yeah, he, he didn't he kill himself. He kills himself, right? Yeah. Yeah. And it, dude, and that's the one. So thing. You, didn't see get rusty, to... you see how rusty? Yeah, he may be an asshole, but like when it involves children, he loses his mind. Like there's a that was the most angry I saw him get. Or well, in well, there's the mother that killed her own child. She shut off the sleep apnea device or whatever, and because they kept they found like wreck because like when you again the medical field you can keep track of everything mm-hmm. because in case things like that or just in general like keep track of like their heart rate breathing rate. She shut the machine off mm-hmm. and then turned it back on. And the baby died. Wow. And she's like, you know, birth controls a sin and such and such. And he's like, <clears throat> and he's like, you know, prison is a terrible place for women that That's people right. that hurt children. Mm-hmm. And you should probably kill yourself. And she's That's like, right. what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he just gets up and That's leaves. Right. Yep. But like, you see him like actually get mad. And like, they, like that's like the one time where you see him really lose his cool. Because even in like the one shootout, doesn't lose his cool. Mm-hmm. What kind of death? Towards the very end, but you have to think about it. There's a literally, there's a little gun battle breaking out. Like, yeah. there's a full on war breaking out where they were. And at. he's still like focusing on the objective still at the yeah. end of the day. Like what they're, he's there to do. Yeah. Cause and like for like the, um, coming to so a conclusion. In one part of True Tech season, like season one, Rusty breaks into like this church compound and steals like tapes yeah and that's because it was the reverend uh, yeah because there's a reverend that is like deep deep what was his name Tuttle yeah Tuttle Tuttle yeah. was spending deep money with the children's family which is connected to the yellow king mm-hmm. spending deep money with like pretty much paying people off to let things slide yeah because like that's the whole they pretty much the whole case so like at the beginning of the, like the whole series you see this woman naked tied up with antlers on her head and it's a part of a ritual yeah satanic ritual satanic sex ritual sex stuff Gross, <laughs> and so at the and so like Rusty and like the, is it like towards the end of the series they find this tape, yeah, it reveals yeah, everything because Rusty, in modern times Rusty's working at a bar in a gas station because he le- he leaves the force after he realizes nothing good was gonna be done. Yeah, it's after that fight. Yeah, they get oh yeah they get into a fight in the parking lot. Papa Bo and he quits it up. the yeah. force after that. He quits the force. He's like, you got a mean hook on you, Marty. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Those are the parting words. But yeah, then they come into contact again, and he takes that videotape and shows uh, it to uh, uh, Marty, who freaks out. Like when he sees, no, no. They show it to several other people. They freak out. He's like, did you watch all that? He's like, yeah, 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 I watched it. Keep it, keep trying it, to see if they took their masks off. Honestly, yeah, and that's one part of doing investigations. You have to look, look through things yeah. you don't want to look at. Yeah, it's horrifying. That's why, like, people want to go into law enforcement. You know, you got to be ready for some stuff, you know. My dad, was, yeah. my dad was like, you know, being a cop, it wasn't easy. Yeah. Well, and I don't think you can ever really know uh, if you're right for it or not unless you're actually in it and doing it. And just, just, how you, <laughs> what your reaction is to something. Just hop on in it, boy. I think that's when... Uh, the most self-discovery comes about. Yeah. Try new things, man. That's all you got to do is try new things. <laughs> but uh, what do you give it as far as a rating? Out of 10. Not out of 10, Spanx. Man. I'll give it 
Yeah, I give it a nine for sure. Maybe Dude, a nine, nine point. I give it a nine, two or three. Yeah. I mean, it's just the first season. True Detective is season, so well done. True Detective season one, ten out of ten. True Detective as a whole, oh, nine okay, out yeah. of ten. Yeah, I'll give the whole series a nine out of ten. Season one is pretty good. I mean, it's hard to top that. It's a, it is, it's a masterpiece. I think it's a masterpiece of just like what television can do. Because like you know, HBO has shows like The Sopranos, Game of Thrones, mm-hmm. Curb Your Enthusiasm, Deadwood. A lot um, of great shows on Westworld. Uh, HBO. Yep. And well, like during like, uh, during the after the during True Detective, Breaking Bad had just died out. Mad Men was that dying. was. Um, what was that, AMC? Yeah. Yeah. Mad Men was dying out. Walking yeah. Dead became Days of Our Lives, the zombies. Mm-hmm. And, like, all these shows were coming out, but, like, they were all multiple seasons that had to build up. Yeah. True Detective Season 1, one season and done. Yeah, and just like that, like, it already cements itself, as, you know, a great show. Just yeah. through one season. Because there's so much that happens in those eight episodes. Yeah, it's just uh, yeah. I, I think it's expertly crafted. I like I like the nonlinear structure. How it's uh, kind of jumping from timelines. We're getting introduced to the characters in present day, and then you see what happens, what happened in their past, and and the writing is sharp too, by the way. Just yeah, and then just all the concepts of philosophy uh, and the visual storytelling of it. Yeah, even like that 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 scene where he gets attacked by. Uh, Arrow, like in the uh, oh, in the Carcosa, in the Carcosa, and he sees that. Like that's a really cool shot. Yeah, and just I, like the way they portray trauma, like for season three, how they portray dementia and PTSD. Oh yeah, I thought season three, yeah, that was exceptional. Season three has had like really good perceptions of like what happens with it. Because people with Alzheimer's, yeah, and what yeah, and, that's, and it was a because we work with people with Alzheimer's on a oh yeah daily basis, and like I looked at them, like that's how they act, like mm-hmm. they're. And it's and it sucks because they're slowly getting eaten away, mm-hmm. you know. And I and for anyone that listens to this that has a relative with Alzheimer's or susceptible, you know, mm-hmm. spend as much time with them, man, because they lit- they literally could change overnight. Yeah, like it's chaotic, and and it, and you see in season one, you see like the effects of like abuse and trauma, like that little girl. Like they go they go and visit this girl at like a psych hospital and she just has oh, a yeah. mental breakdown, starts yeah. screaming when they're trying to figure out information about this case. Oh yeah, that's right. Because she was, she was a, sex, a victim. She was a victim. Who yeah. dude after you want like, and this is before we saw the tapes, bro. Mm-hmm. After knowing what is probably on those tapes, that little girl survived one of the most horrifying, grossest experiences imaginable mm-hmm. and never got justice. And that's the one thing that always get me about season one, two and three. No one really gets justice. And then people are like, well, that's not a happy ending. I'm like, yeah, but it's a real ending. Mm-hmm. Think about it. That's well, you know that like, stuff like that's probably, that's happening in real life. And I mean, yeah, it's man. based on a, another story that was that actually happens. Yeah. So, so I mean, if, it's like this is this isn't something that's just completely made up. Like it's things we see every day, and how they get covered up. Oh and yeah, without a doubt, man. How there's just. Without a doubt. Bad things going on underneath the surface. Nasty things, man. And I think it's all relative to the show. Yeah. So before we wrap this up, um, you got any final words, Kyle? Like, you gonna see anything good in the next 
Are I don't know. Are you excited about anything? We're going to be on a hiatus for a little bit because Rudy's got to go for away for a few weeks. I got to go on a job business trip. A little business trip. got to make some business. Not, nothing major, but we'll certainly be back. Uh, no, no. Maybe I might be able to record are you gonna an episode. Do one? I'm going to see, see if I can record an episode on my own, bro. I might release an episode just one cuts. One cut. Rudy, Rudy, just Rudy versus Rudy, you know? One cut, one Rudy. Guapo y guapo. Is gonna be just <laughs> so you, might, you may hear from Rudy. You probably won't hear me from, from me for a little bit. Yeah. I might throw some monologues here and there. You never know. Um, Tenet's going to be coming out pretty soon. Oh, yeah. Wonder Woman. Oh, Ozark. Ozark. That's one big... Oh, yeah. We got to do season... We got we're gonna Season do, three, we're, bro. We're going to be doing season three of Ozark, bro. Yeah, we got a lot of things coming up. We got a lot of things... Uh, yeah. In the in the works. Yeah, so like I'm gonna be on a, I'm gonna be gone for business, man. But if anyone wants to be on an episode, hit me up, bro. We can work things out. Kyle might be on an episode, but we're busy, man. You know, we got big business, big brain business, <laughs> big boykin business, big bourgeoisie. Um, big everything. B I G big big truck energy. B D E. You know what I'm talking about. Don't tell my mom about that because she says no cussing. But uh Roddy Reviews out.